0: this is from the envelope of suicides a study of the will to die and the will to live episode 7.5 the possibility of further possibility in which our narrator concludes this initial run of podcast episodes with brief thoughts on life and the new year, and thanks to various people. Martin Heidegger defined death as the impossibility of further possibility, which sounds self-evident, but this idea has implications that stir the depths of the soul. For instance, if that's true about death, that death is the end of possibility, then at its core, life is possibility. This is most blissfully obvious to the young person who, with whatever mix of self-actualization and privilege, stands on the threshold of her future thrown wide open before her and who feels the world is hers to shape or to bask within. But it's true as well for the old man in what may be his last days, as tumors spread within him. For him, too, life is possibility. I'm not talking about the hope he may have for some recovery against the odds, the sort of hope that seems a naive delusion. But some people do beat the odds, and they're the ones who dared to hope. And why couldn't it be him? Regardless of if he recovers or not, He is now still alive. And even if his failing body makes it hard for him to go out, there still is the pleasure of the senses that find themselves awakened and attuned to the simple dynamics of quiet moments within his home or his hospital room. And his universe of mind is alive and imbued with beauty because to be alive has just become more precious to him since he's felt the nearness of death. The old man in what may be his last days might yet be completely free in his universe of mind. I don't mean this in terms of escapist fantasies. I mean that he is still free to think about his life and to make meaning from it. He is still free to connect with the people he loves and decrease his isolation. He is still free to regard his world and to pass judgment on it like a god. By being still alive, he is a small god who can still shape the world. Maybe it's in the small dynamics of a quiet room. Or maybe it's in something he can say that will change how the others around him see their lives. He still is free to be surprised by things. If he is about to die, he can decide. to face his death. Even if no one else sees it, he still has possibility. This principle that life to the last conscious moment is defined by possibility extends as well to the person of whatever age who is compelled by thoughts of suicide. The curse of suicidal ideation is that as it progresses, It narrows your range of thought to let in only what reinforces the compulsive appeal of suicide. What other people might see as intimations of grace or flashes of good news gets filtered out or gets twisted somehow into further evidence that you should no longer be alive. In Waking Up Alive, his book based on interviews with people who survived their suicide attempts, Richard Heckler calls this the suicidal trance. This progressive narrowing of the range of thought is a progressive blindness to possibility. Going back to our definition of death as the impossibility of further possibility, we see the suicidal trance is a progressive death in life. And we should have the empathetic imagination and the common decency to understand why some people living in acute psychic pain see their actual death as better than their hellish death in life. Death to them seems like an end to an otherwise endless suffering. We should be able to see that. And then we should do whatever we can to pierce the suicidal trance and help them see wonder again. This lesson is all around us. If we turn to Scripture, we see Jesus teach that the lamp of the body is the eye. If, therefore, your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If, however, your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? If we turn to ourselves and the ones we love, we see how despair can make it too painful sometimes to see our true possibility. Maybe we're afraid that seeing now that we can change our lives would make the years we spent bent down and blind with despair lost years, and that would seem too tragic a waste. So instead we choose to remain blind to possibility and waste more of our numbered years but I believe that it's our responsibility to life to see as best we can how much wonder there is in simply being in the world. And even when the world seems to be crumbling irrevocably into greed, injustice, and despair, still, in each breath and each pause between breaths is an infinitely spanning and infinitesimally shaped expression of possibility. If we turn to William Blake, we see how his poem Auguries of Innocence starts with these lines. To see a world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wildflower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. This isn't mysticism. This is an existential imperative and I believe that it's my responsibility as someone who wants to be fully alive to help others see that simply by being alive, they live in possibility. Most of the time, honestly, I don't quite know what that means, but I do my best to keep trying to figure it out. I recently realized that that's one reason why I'm writing all of this. I'm trying to figure this out and share whatever human wonder I can find. But that's just part of it, right? The bigger question is how will I bear witness in my everyday life to those around me? How will I bear witness to their possibility? If I'm the man that I hope I am, I will ask myself that question every day this year. And I'll do my best to help them see the light of their possibility. We've reached the end of the initial run of these podcast episodes, and I want to thank you for listening to it so far. I'm now going to dive back into the writing and stay there for a while. I've drawn up a writing schedule for 2017, and if I stick to it, by the end of the year, I'll have completed most of the book that I've envisioned. I don't know when or if more podcast episodes will come up or in what forms. It'll all depend on what feels like it opens the most possibility. But please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or follow me on Twitter at Ben Morad for updates on where this all goes and new episodes when I make them. This project has been made possible by a grant from the Regional Arts and Culture Council. It's hard to imagine doing these podcasts and the live shows we did without their support. This project actually is the result of the work and talent and heart of a lot of people and I'd like to take a moment to thank them here. I want to thank Wilson Vadiner and Courtney Sheedy for making the music for these podcasts and for doing all the sound production, making me sound as good as I'd hoped I'd sound, and for generally making this podcast as full as it is. Wilson also provided live sound design and music for the run of six different shows we did based on this material in October and November at the Shout House in Portland. Jonathan Walters of Hand-to-Mouth Theater directed those shows, and it was a great joy to collaborate with Jonathan and Wilson on them. I'm very grateful to all the folks who came to those shows, some of whom came to four or five or all six of them. It was a leap of faith on their part to come out the first time and to engage with some often difficult subject matter, and I hope they found it rewarding. I also want to thank the wonderful actors who participated in the podcast and in the live shows, Aaron Letty, Faith Helma, Eric Geyer, and the fantastic volunteers who made the show such a welcoming environment for audiences. I want to thank my friend Laura for trusting me with her story in Episode 7. That's an amazing gift. And I'm very honored to thank my co-producer in all of this, my wife, Stephanie Barr whose voice you hear introducing each episode, and who acted in episode five. She's been deeply involved at every step, and at every step she just makes me better. And finally, I want once again to thank you for giving me your time and attention and helping me get these stories out there. And I hope you'll join me in the next stage of the Envelope of Suicides project. In the meantime, I wish for each of you the clarity to see your own possibilities and the resolve to help others see theirs. Thank you.